0: Welcome to The Builder's Ladder with Marty Amos and Owen Chambers, the show for residential building company owners and general contractors wanting to make more money and buy back your time and build a business worth owning. We share what's working right now for the top 5% of residential building company owners and general contractors so you can implement it into your business. In this two-part series on how to achieve accurate, quick, and profitable prices, we ran through in part one, how to work with a QS if you're considering outsourcing your pricing to a QS, what to look for, and how to make sure that you're going to get accurate over the first five. We then examined fixed price versus cost plus. What are the benefits of each? What should you look for? What should you consider if you're looking at changing the way that you're doing it or wanting to hone in better pricing, better control of your costs, and better work and progress management? Then what to look for if you're considering bringing in-house a external estimator or quantity surveyor. Or are you looking to outsource? What should you consider when bringing someone on board? Next, we dive into the target margins based on the size and project type. So whether you're doing larger projects, 100K, 250K, a million dollars plus, whether you're doing maintenance, reclads, tiny extensions, whether you're doing renovations with a high labor content or small jobs, sub 50K like bathrooms and smaller kitchens. What margin should you be aiming for? Then we looked at, it's not all about price. We want to look at people, process, and product so what goes into your high converting quote that allows you to charge more land jobs more regularly and at a higher price and then lastly we looked at what should you put into a prelim budget so you're not just competing on price you're not pricing for free wasting all that time for people who are going to only price to you against others
1: we're live. We're live.
0: After just hearing Rocky growl, what's going on, Marty? It's great having a rock wheeler protect the neighbourhood and protect our house from any strangers. And he's just practicing his big boy rumble at the moment. Yeah, like a uh, like a lion in the in the savanna, just
1: uh, growling away, exactly. protecting the house from all of those postmen.
0: <laughs> exactly, he's like move faster.
1: Yeah, so good. Awesome. So, let's get right into it today. Today we we're going to talk about uh, like everything from working with a QS, fixed price versus cost plus, how to add in like a project management fee, what margins you should be targeting, all the money. And the reason this is really important is because numbers are the game of business. So, you cannot grow lack of profits and poor cash flow. You will scale yourself into oblivion and you might as well go out of business at the beach than doing work for someone else. So fundamentally, you must dial this in and get this correct. High margin businesses when you cannot be getting this wrong, otherwise it's going to be an absolute nightmare for you. So, yeah, what are we going to cover today, Marty?
0: All right. So, I thought we'd run through everything from a lot of our members either overwhelmed with pricing, they've got we get there help them get their sales and marketing working well. Now, so I've got all this pricing piling up on my desk or I'm waiting for Feedback from my subcontractors and sub to get their prices back to me, or how do I control the project in line with the labor hours by stage to make sure that we're actually hitting our milestones, getting our progress payments, and got good cash flow. So I thought it'd be good to cover off fixed price versus cost plus, what to do if you're considering outsourcing it or whether you're looking at bring on board a full-time QS like so quite a few of our members. Well, the target margin should be that you look at each project. What actually goes into a high converting quote or a sales action plan? Should you be doing prelim budgets? And if so, how do you actually go about doing them? And then what are the top three common pricing mistakes that people make? And how do you calculate PNG and and overhead recovery margin? All the whilst having good variations process so that you don't lose money to labor hours, materials for your foreman not missing or not capturing variation so quite a bit so i thought we'd crack into it and go through the meat and potatoes today
1: so i suppose one of the first things that a lot of guys struggle with is like uh pricing is piling up it's getting relatively stressful they know they need to submit a good clear accurate uh price that is to minimum margins but like when am i meant to do that at you know between you know, 11 till 3 a.m. or what? Like, uh, and therefore, one of the considerations that a lot of people have is, should I be working with a QS? So do you want to talk to this a little bit to start with?
0: Yeah, 100%. So there's very few builders that I know that we came across that actually enjoy pricing. And typically, it's a thing that is critical to your business, profitability, pricing to a target margin, making sure that you've got everything in P&G, that preliminary in general that you should have. Make sure you've got your overhead recovery margin in there, project management fee, and it's coming out at the right net margin to pay all your overheads and give you the desired profit. So you need to work backwards from a target margin. And quite often it's like, well, holy shit, I've got so much going on and pricing a good sized project, 250 square meter house or a reno could take anywhere from 12 to 45 hours, depending on the size of the project and how complex it is. Builders are naturally the best QSs because you're used to doing the projects and you've seen what works and what doesn't with you guys and you understand the build. But when you're doing all these other tasks that you should be like running the business, doing your systemizing of your business on site in the office, it's very easy to get interrupted with urgent matters while trying to price a profitable project. And you need to set aside the right amount of time. And if you procrastinate on it and you've got prices piling up, and people, you're not getting back to people in a timely matter and it's costing you jobs, then you might want to consider either outsourcing it if you suck at it, or bringing on board an in house QS. So, if you are looking at outsourcing it, you want to make sure that, and there's plenty of uh, people out there that you can outsource it to Rapid QS, Red QS, your merchant for takeoffs. But you want to make sure that they don't have an ego. They're going to work with you over four to five projects to dial it in. You trust their work and you're able to line up your team's productivity by stage with their pricing and then go back to them during that project so you can control your work in progress. And then in your back costing, making sure that you're actually dialing that in your labor recipes with your QS to make sure that you're getting very accurate on labor because that'll be 90% or 80% of the success of the bill. So yeah. Yeah.
1: On that, the most, some of the most important ones that uh, you just touched on there, you're probably not going to find the perfect QS first time round. You're going to want to potentially like work with them in terms of doing three or four, four or five so they get a feel for your work and you get a feel for their work. And then potentially doing an exercise where you're pricing the labor component out along, alongside them for the first few to sort of see where the discrepancies are, whether you're really nicely aligned with them or whether you need to Tell them to add a couple more uh, labor units to certain stages of the project.
0: Exactly. And they're not going to know how productive your team are. Are you pricing it to how quick you can do the job or how quick the lowest skilled or slowest member of your team can do the job? So that's a massive one is improving your labor recipes as you go and making sure that you've got at least a 20 to 25 percent safety margin in there for labor hours as you're going through the project and then tightening that up as you go and of course if you've got piss poor or weak sales and marketing then you're not going to have a steady flow of leads you're probably going to have to compete on price to win win those jobs keep you guys busy and you're going to be competing on other builders if you can't differentiate the difference between why someone should choose you versus another building company for the biggest investment of their life so goes hand in hand with having a good sales and marketing machine in place. And then, of course, you've got to decide, are you going to do fixed price contracts or cost plus charger?
1: Yeah, so a lot of differences. And to be fair, of our membership base, I talk with a lot of members that are sometimes starting up with us, and they go like, do I have to do fixed price? The short answer is like, no, you don't have to, because there are a lot of benefits to doing a cost plus project. But there is also a lot of benefits to a fixed price job. And quite often what I like is a little bit of a blend, depending on the types of projects you're doing, obviously, a little bit of a blend in your pipeline mix so that you're not sort of super reliant on having to deliver every project. There's a couple of de-risked projects in there that you know you can train your team on well, you can uh, have a consistent income from and things like that. But Marty, walk us through what you see as the biggest uh, opportunities, differences and
0: challenges when deciding to go with either fixed price or cost plus so typically if you're doing a fixed price contract there's greater certainty for the clients you will make more profit as the builder typically if you've dialed in your labor hours by stage you've got good systems for your foreman and project manager to capture all the variations weekly client communication you invoice your variations plus an agreed margin and an admin fee and you're able to include your PNG, overhead recovery margin in there and hit your desired target margin. So if you're earlier on in your career or you you can't get close to your labor hours or you're not back costing in real time, then I would recommend doing cost plus or charger and still treating it as if it was a fixed price contract. So break the labor hours down by stage, have you guys fill in their timesheets daily. Break that. Let them know in the toolbox meeting. Hey, the framing was going to be hundred hours. We're halfway through it, but we're at sixty-five hours, guys. What do we got to do over the next couple of weeks? about we'll that's fifteen hours. So treat your fixed price, your cost plus contracts, as if they were fixed price. So dial in those labor hours. Control the job in real time. Control your work in progress from your materials, your subcontractors, and your labor hours. So cost plus can be great for consistent income. You can negotiate weekly payments. It's less risk to you, the builder, but typically you'll make lower margins. Downside is there's more admin, processing of time sheets, material receipts, subtrade receipts, and clients can pick your your time sheets and your labor hours apart. But you can also use that as a sales tool. So you can say, hey, we're an open book company. We will show you everything. We'll agree a fixed margin. We will show you everything that what all our costs are, and so there won't be any nasty surprises, you know, for you. So Personally, I prefer you can use a blend, as you said. And typically projects that are trickier, so renovations, earthworks that you're gonna tag out and so forth, you might be doing those on cost pass or charge up. And but either way, you need to dial in your work in progress, control the labor hours, and make sure that you're getting as close to stage times as possible with your back costing and your work in progress reports so that. You're conveying that through the toolbox meetings to the foreman and the project manager.
1: Yeah, and some of our most successful members are still doing a couple of uh, cost plus or charge up jobs and they feed them into the schedule around other projects. Like sometimes on a really large renovation or an uh, extension uh, where they'll knock the, or they'll jack the house up and then build a whole basement below it or things like that. Sometimes elements of that job will be fixed price and other elements will be cost plus by stage. And that's a way that you can be negotiate with the client, work out some of the riskier elements and de-risk them by doing them on cost plus basis. Whereas some of the more straightforward parts of the project can be on a fixed price. We've got many members that have done things like that for villa renovations where who knows what's behind the wall of this hundred year old house, who knows what's under the ground when we rip up the floorboards. I can't commit to a fixed price on that, but I can on the extension off the side because that's relatively straightforward stuff. So it really just needs to work for you. And what's most important on all of this is that we're achieving kind of like our minimum margins as well. And really establishing like, whether we go fixed price or cost plus, the project must be profitable and we need to maintain minimum margins of GP 20%
0: or more. Absolutely. And so if you argue, if you find yourself, like there's a tipping point, if you find yourself procrastinating on pricing projects they're piling up on your desk or you're taking three to four weeks to get back to clients and they're expecting a faster response then you might want to consider do i bring on some support And you've got two main options either outsourcing it to a um, qs and so or bring it in-house and hiring a qs so you can when you outsource it the benefits are that you know, you can trial out for a small cost, typically anywhere from thousand to five grand, typically around the two to two and a half mark for pricing a project. It's a one-off fee instead of paying wages every week to uh, estimate it. And if they're not performing, you know, you can simply just kick them to the curb and not work with them again. If you are looking at bringing on board someone in-house, now you can do this and do it virtually. So quite a few of our members are starting to hire virtual QSs and um, Brad Borsmer in Sydney, and Lloyd uh, Godfrey sharing one at the moment. So there's some good options for hiring virtual QSs, and you can hire them typically for a quarter of the cost of what you would pay someone in New Zealand, Australia, the US, or Canada. There's a couple of options. The benefits of having someone in-house, well, they're full-time, they buy into the vision of your company, they buy into the interests of the business. When they you win, they win, and they're also, look, building a relationship with your sub-trades, negotiating rates at your merchant, and you could transition them. You know They could also do contract administration. They could become project manager or project coordinator or long-term might become a construction manager. So they do the QS estimating and the project management. So big upside there. Yeah, massively.
1: The caveat that I'd have with a lot of this is like, as soon as we're investing into a salary or an outsourced QS, You really want to work out how you're funding that because otherwise it's going to chip away entirely into your project margin so we want to cover that either by charging for our professional services so charging for our quotes which is you know what everybody understands but it's not actually how we do it but you're charging for your professional services or you've got really healthy margins on the job remember high margin businesses win with high margins i'm in a position to deliver an exceptional service to you from estimating and pricing all the way through to code of compliance and handing the project over to you, right? With a low margin, I ain't able to do any of that sort of stuff. So that's what you really want to sort of consider or think about when going this route is going like, if I'm not going to do it and I'm either going to outsource it or in house it, how do I fund that? And that's either going to come through margin on the project, built into the project or built into the estimating, design, and
0: pre-construction preliminary
1: service agreements.
0: Absolutely, 100%. So well, the question that we get asked a lot is what margin should I be pricing my projects to? And the simple answer is the highest possible margin you can get so that you can deliver a great service, you can attract great quality team members, you can build out your management team, and you can make a great profit to get paid what you're worth and build a great business that does reliable reliable projects has a great name in the neighborhood and one that you're proud of. All margin matters. Exactly. You
1: just, if you've been in the game there is no other professional service accountants, lawyers, you know, doctors, optometrists that will provide a service for free, right? And they get charged what they're worth and there is no reason that you as a professional builder with decade plus experience, two, three decades of experience should be competing on price, you are worth the investment, you deliver an exceptional service, and you should be paid accordingly, so that you can build resilience into your business, and so that you can get paid what you're worth. So these are some milestones and some guidelines. But these are not set in stone, because like you said, we should be targeting the best margin that
0: we're able to achieve for each project. Exactly. So what do these look like? Typically larger project sizes. If you're doing one-off architectural builds, you should be in the 20 to 25% gross margin. If you're doing group housing or a lot of stuff that's repetitive, like I was away with uh, one of my mates, Russell Goodwin, on the weekend. They build 50 houses a year, 40 to 50 houses a year, and they bang out a double storied townhouse in the space of just under two weeks. And they do a single single level townhouse in six to seven days. Like it's phenomenal. So with that, with a lower overhead cost structure, like he doesn't have a uh, project manager. He just has a part-time uh, person helping him on site he's able to, you know, get through those 40 to 50 houses. So anywhere from 15 to 18% typically for larger group housing companies, we've got higher revenue to spread your overheads across. One off, we've got members doing $1, $2, $3, $10 million houses that are at the 24, 25% mark. So typically 20% for your larger projects, i.e. 100, 250k and up. Maintenance, reclads, tiny extensions, larger opportunities for higher gross margins. Uh, 25 to 30%, same with renovations. And the higher the labor content like villa and bungalow renos, then the higher the overall gross margin because you make more money on your labor than you do on your materials. And then smaller jobs, quite often there's the same amount of subtrades, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 subtrades involved in a small job like a bathroom, a kitchen, as there is in a larger job. So we want to make sure that we're getting a higher gross profit margin Because we have a low dollar value to spread out overheads across. And typically, they're going to be in the 35 to 50%. Now, if these sound to you like, holy shit, there's no way I can charge that much. Then one, you need to break that limiting belief. Because the benefit of us over the last 20 years is we've seen under the hood of 2,500 plus building companies. And we see the exact margins they're charging. And they have great sales and marketing. So they're positioned as the go-to expert, the builder of choice. They have great deal flow. They have a killer sales process that qualifies out the time wasters or the people whose scope doesn't match their their budget. And they're able to be the preferred builder so they can have their preferred customer. So if you're considering that, then I would have a look. If you're considering wanting to charge more, then I'd have a look at what beliefs are holding you back. Is it lack of deal flow? Is it low conversion rate, less than 33%? What is it that's holding you back? And then I would get around other people that are, Winning and look at what aspect you most need to improve. Is it that you need to have great great volume of leads so that you can charge for your prelim budgets? Like, what aspect do you need to work on? And get around other people that are winning. That'll help to, I guess, get rid of any limiting beliefs that you might have on margin. One hundred percent. It's like one of the things that most people find really beneficial when they join
1: the community is they go like, "Oh, I'm, I'm here for the systems, I'm here for the processes, I'm here for the coaching. I'm here for to solve a particular thing." Like, you know get my team really dialed in on site or you know, solve the pipeline and fill it up with profitable work. But what they don't realize they're getting, which is often the most valuable thing. And I've, I've heard this so many times is like they jump on a call. And there might be a couple of others on this particular call. And somebody will say, I'm charging 24, 25, 28, 32, 17. And the guy that says 17 is like, Ah, shit. That's embarrassing. Didn't realize that that was what other people were doing. When you see other people doing it, it becomes real. It's the same with charging for your quotes. It's like, I can't charge for my quotes. What are you talking about? And then you talk to other people on the program and they're like, yeah, I charge five grand. I charge eight grand. I charge 1,500. I charge three grand. And then when you say you don't charge, you're like, ah, all right, everybody's doing it. I need to start doing it. And it raises the level or your reality of what you believe to be possible. And that's one of those things that doesn't seem like a big thing. And you might pay lip service to it go like yeah yeah cool 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 it's not until you get in the room and you see other people doing it where you go i understand now i need to make this change this is a me a me believing it thing rather than a market conditions and
0: reality thing absolutely and that applies to everything in life like the four minute mile wasn't broken until i think roger bannister broke it and then it was broken the that barrier was broken subsequently eight times in like the following 12 months so Once you see other people can do it, if someone else can do it, then you can do it. And even better if you're in a, you know, you're around them or you see exactly what the steps were that they took to do that. Totally.
1: So inspection of your front end margin, we've got nine margin levers that we go through. There's obviously many others that you can use that you can uh, pull or push to uh, improve your profitability, but at least uh, a short, quick checklist. On the front end, there are four main margin levers. And that is pricing, positioning, sales and marketing pricing, setting minimum margins, PNGs, all inclusive, making sure you got real clear dialed in pricing process to hit a profitable and accurate price quickly and efficiently. Next up, it is positioning, we want more word of mouth, we want more referrals, we want more people coming to you going like, oh, and I don't care how long it takes or what it's going to cost, I want you to be my builder. And when that's the case, you know what it's like, you can not take advantage of people but you are in a position to get paid what you're worth and to submit a price and that's awesome that's great you know you get to pick and choose your work and you've earned that right the next one is marketing picking and choosing from a lot of leads rather than a trickle of leads so making sure that you've got the right systems to attract and bring the right leads inbound whether that's through typically your website your social media and your uh, and your referrals processes. So the three big main ones that we get our members to work on. And then the last one is sales process, which is exactly what's on screen and what Marty's talked about, how you present the quote as an action plan so that we're introducing variables other than price and so that you're actually educating them on why they should choose you over anybody else. And a really dialed in sales process. So if you're struggling to get margin on the front end and win work at a good margin, then these are the four that you should inspect yourself
0: as to where you can improve on. Absolutely, and your, your quote is not just presenting nine pages of line items and a price at the end or, or at the beginning. It's an opportunity to resell the client, the architect, and his spouse, or the couple, on why they should choose you over anyone else for the biggest investment of their life. So it should have not just the price broken down by stage, but it should have history about the company, about you, what are your rules of the game on site how do the progress payments work what are your frequently asked questions what are other types of projects that you've done that are similar to them who is involved in the project so who do they talk to in the office who's project manager who's the qs who are they going to be talking to each and every week and what is their role so this is why if you do not have a high converting quote template we see the power of it our our members are able to charge more why we take best practice of who's got the highest converting quote template, systemize it, and then make it available to everyone. And this is why some of our members are able to land jobs 20 to 25 to 30% higher because this answers those four key questions Who are you? Who's your company? Can I trust you? And how specifically can you help me? So sales becomes easier and price resistance goes down when marketing does the heavy lifting. If you're going to have a look at your quote, and if you're basically taking it out of Builder Price or any other pricing software. Think of is this a high conversion and high persuasion presentation that shows how my company is different, how I have all the systems to make their job or their dream become a reality in the time frame, in this to their scope, and make sure that it's got great communication on the way through. They can trust me, and I'm not going to run off with their money and buy a Ford Raptor. Hundred percent. All right. That's it for today's episode. Tune in every week where we share what's working right now for the top 5% of residential building company owners and general contractors to build a business worth owning. And if you want some help with your residential building company, a few ways we can help you. Number one, join our Facebook group. Number two, go to www.theprofessionalbuilder.com. Download plenty of resources, tips, case studies, members winning, or... If you want to have a chat with one of our team schedule a 15-minute chat and we'll see if we can help take you to the next level all right that's it from me have an awesome day